Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. It's Joel and Kate at eight. So, of course, we couldn't be late, mostly because, Kate, I, I'm tired, man. I'm yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. It's uh, been a rainy little weekend, which is good. I got a lot done because of it, but I also started a bunch of bullshit because of it. So, sorry for getting us demonetized as I dropped a curse word in the first minute, but... um. But live in life, you know? Yeah. You know, <sighs> I, got, I get I get DMs sometimes, just like you do, and people are like, Joel, how do you and Kate have such great chemistry? How is this show so much fun? And I tell them, we don't talk. No, we don't. No. no. We don't speak to each other outside of the show. Um, it's like when, was it Mick Foley? There's been a couple of wrestlers who were like, um, I don't like to talk to my opponent before going into a big feud because I'm trying to get in a certain mindset. Like, that's where I'm at with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like just, CM Punk in the entire AEW roster. That's right. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, listen, it helped our business. So Did it please, ever. <laughs> please stay subscribed to FIFA Select. We got to figure out about a way to get them back on the thumbnails, Joel. I know. Well, you know what? We've got to... We've got this tease of a new era, and some people are just like, nah, it's just a turn of phrase. It's now that Punk's gone. It's not happening. AEW is heading towards a new era, and I think that we're going to be talking a lot about it tonight and in the next coming week or two. Uh, programming note, by the way, next Sunday we're not here because AEW Wrestle Dream is, is on the air. So we, well, why would we be on the air when there's a show on? And then Kate's got to do a post show over on Five Select with, with Alex Pulaski. Why, why, would, why would we do our show? That's silly, isn't it? Well, I'm going to be at it too. So <laughs> I'll be at Wrestle Dream. Uh, so I, uh, I will be too busy losing my mind at the card that that is because the whole card is great. I was going, Zack Sabre Jr. Danielson, I was going. And then FTR versus Aussie Open, I was mega going. And then, like, it's just gotten better and better and better. So um, I'm extremely excited. I'm excited to get to Seattle. I've never been. It's been a really long time since I've been to the West Coast in general. So um, I'm I'm very excited. Oh, hi, Pro Wrestling Podcast. Tell Punker we say hi back. <laughs> yeah, tell him, tell him how you doing. And then don't ever. Hi, CM hear. Punk. How you doing? Yeah, don't ever, don't ever <laughs> let them see our videos ever. <laughs> Just a thought. But you know what? Tell your friends to watch our videos here on Fightful Overbooked, and uh, drop a thumbs up while you're here, and subscribe to us here on the channel. If you're not, what the heck is wrong with you, huh? Yeah. What is literally what is wrong with you? Yeah, and support us uh, with the super chat. Eh? Any amount yeah. of support, the same and right on the air. Case, Joel, uh, yeah. If you don't support us, mm -hmm. you don't support women because uh -huh. I am a woman. Yes. And I am on this podcast and channel. Uh -huh. Ergo, if you don't support this podcast, you don't support women. And if you don't support women, you're a misogynist. So send us your money or you're a misogynist. Thanks. It's, it's funny because you can use that. But if I start saying, if you don't send us money, you're an anti-Semite, people just don't really appreciate that as much. <laughs> By the way, to those observing Yom Kippur, which starts tonight... I hope you have an easy fast, and we hope that you are uh, you enjoy a restful day tomorrow. The weather looks good, so they say when when the weather is like not too hot and it's a nice breezy fall day, it's an easy fast. So we're looking forward to that for okay. for those observing. Enjoy it. I mean, unfortunately, like anti-Semitism was on full display um, at AEW. Let me tell you, when I saw that photo, and I think most people watching 
have, have seen the photo by now. I'm not going to pull it up or anything like that. Dude, dude basically sitting in the front row. He's not supposed to be in the front row, by the way, at Grand Slam. Holding up a uh, MJF, you dropped some quarters sign. And I'm like, first of all, security. I'm not going to give him shit. They were dealing with enough. But like, this is one thing that I wish things had gotten dealt with faster. Um, MJF, of course, he, he did say something after online and, and you know he, he stands up for for the people and i appreciate that that was that was gross you know especially in so, new york man very weird in new york but we saw those guys in the parking lot so really? let's, let's start do you want to start with grand slam since it's yeah. kind of the bigger thing of the week yeah yeah why so not? i got to go to that too it's in my backyard not literally i wish um very fun got to see Cass. got to see sp3 got to meet zarian in person who i don't i don't think i'd met him in person I got to go with my my co-host who I haven't seen in person from the Mark Order in a really long time. Like we see each other digitally, but not in person. Um, ran into Drew, saw Caden, like a really, really fun time. Gorgeous night, incredible night of wrestling. Eddie Kingston went over. I lost my mind. And the only black mark on the night was like seeing that sign. And when we were in the parking lot tailgating, um, we we're just chilling. There were beers available. There was sandwiches we had so much fun these guys came over and just started talking to us and they made me so uncomfortable before i even knew any of this um and they had their signs rolled up otherwise it would have been ripped up and my friends probably would have beat their ass not gonna lie (laughs) like my friends don't mess around with that stuff but like one of them had there's a band folly and he had like a folly new jersey hoodie on and this guy just comes up and like just touches them on the chest they walked over with like the certainty that they knew us. And I had no idea who these people were. It was so confusing. And then they did that and they were just real weird and made me very uncomfortable. And I was like, God, this is like why I'm so glad I have friends that are men who I go to shows with. Uh, Cause that's a really, really uncomfortable situation for all of us there. If it was just like me and not a group of people, I mean, I wouldn't have been tailgating, but like you run into people, right? Like, so they were really weird. They told me um, they were like the Ninja Turtle guy. And then I found out through a friend that they were on the Jericho cruise. Uh. Oh, I like I remember them, but I certainly not enough to put two and two together. Um, and I do know that like they're I'm not going to say their name, obviously, but I do know that their legal name was found out and that it was passed along to the right people. Um, so I think they're, they're probably going to be dealt with for future shows, but it's just disgusting um, that someone would even think to do that uh, much less. Yeah. If they were, if they paid for those seats that you would pay to be that anti-Semitic, if they snuck down there that you would have the balls to do it. Um, just really a, a black mark and what was an otherwise wonderful evening for myself. I think a wonderful evening for AEW. Like I think other than obviously what happened with Moxley, that that whole show was pretty good from front to back. Like that was a, a W of a night. So just sad. And also like maybe think about, I don't know if I've actually told this story under like the Fightful umbrella because this was before I ever worked here, but I had tweeted, uh, I think from my, it might've been from my business account. Cause we were doing like wrestling themes at the time. I was like, happy new year. Um, it's funny, the timing of this to all of our Jewish friends, except for MJF. We hope you have like a miserable new year or something. <laughs> and he retweeted it and it, he quote tweeted 
in Hebrew, he wrote, blow me. <laughs> that's exactly how that exchange should go with like, this was pre Brochacho. This is pre um, kangaroo kick. This was before he was, you know, found out that you could have love and friendship and trust people. Uh, and I like saw some of the replies that came in and they were horrific as in like, I would like to think I'm somewhat aware of a person to like be aware of anti-Semitism. I mean, some of the most vile stuff I've ever read in my life. And I'm a woman on Twitter, like horrific. And I felt so uncomfortable that like, obviously I was being silly and well-intending and certainly didn't mean to be a part of that. Um, but like, it, it just felt weird that it got launched off of my tweet. And I was like, well, I don't want to delete my tweet from it, but I also feel like, gross and so what I kind of did was I just I spent a lot of time just like educating myself that weekend because I knew anti-semitism was a deeply rooted problem in our society but like I was like well if the action that I can take is more awareness let that be the thing that I do and it's it's a just wildly underserved conversation like truly and it's awful um when you read any of the statistics on hate crimes when you read where a lot of the stereotypes come from and, and where they're rooted, like most of them are in the Holocaust or like strife from centuries of pain for Jewish people. Um, and so what I ended up doing, and I'll invite anybody else to do this, if you see hatred out there, I always try to think of like, well, what's what's an equal measure of positivity that you can put forward? And I found this really wonderful organization that was the International Fellowship for Christians and Jews. And they are just, they try to, take care of remaining Holocaust survivors with like care packages and shelter for any that have been on harder times or whatever. So I made a donation to them as like my way to put, put something of equal, hopefully positivity in the world. So um, I'll drop the link on my Twitter and maybe clip this or whatever. I did not plan on going on this ramp, but um, and I definitely didn't start plan on starting a wrestling podcast with like this, but um it was just on my mind. It was on my mind so much because it was just such an awful thing to see. But um, MJF always handles that stuff pretty well, I feel like. So uh, A-Shock saying, remember the Dead Kennedy song? I have a t-shirt with the exact thing that I can't say on air on its way here <laughs> with that. So, um, hey, man, just think of the No Effects song. Just listen to the bruise. We're the bruise for sporting anti-swastika tattoos. That's right. And there's a whole bunch more, but yeah, that's that's part of it, man. And it sucks. Like this, so this is what's funny, is or at least to me, it's Kate. Kate will say these things, and I'm glad you do. Um, I think some people know, or maybe don't know, that before Fightful and before the pandemic, not only was I obviously we talk about I was a musician, but I also worked with the Jewish community As, professionally. I was I was a professional Jew. And that's what we call ourselves. We're did you ever see um sorry to interrupt, but did you ever see um you know between two ferns with Zach Alphanakis? Of course. He did an interview with Paul Rudd where he goes, um, he basically said, like, how does it feel to hide your Jewishness that much? And he was like, Are you a practicing Jew? And he goes, I'm not a practicing Jew. I perfected it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's it. But so it's funny that people like I was not expecting no effects reference. I love no effects. I I, I love punk music from there you go. He's nineties, so there you go. Uh, I I literally have a Nazi. The timing of this was hilarious because I ordered a Nazi punks f off shirt 
yeah. from Dead Kennedys like days before that. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't think I would have to wear it to a show. So here we go. So back in, back in my in my professional Jewish days, as we say, I um I worked on campuses in Canada in Toronto, and uh, I I dealt with a lot of questionable people doing questionable things in the name of anti-Semitism. And it's funny that you become a bit desensitized to it because that's just the name of the game. Um, this isn't, that's not to say that when these things come up, they're not important. They very much are. I have a tendency personally speaking to underplay them because I always fear boy who cried wolf, especially in the Jewish community where like, a lot of people, you know, Jews like to complain, right? That's the whole stereotype. That's listen. I can speak as a Jew. It's kind of true. But in this case, <laughs> no, but when the shit goes down, you got to call it out. And that's the reality of it. When it happens, there is no place for that shit. And I, I do wish that more people call it out. Like I did it. And I know Kate did it. MJF did it. I know a lot of people who did it. And thank you to those people who do, because there is no place for any of that shit in anywhere outside of wrestling i don't give a shit like it's anywhere it should not be there um so to see it was disheartening but it also it's enlightening to know that there are people who are going to continue supporting uh being more inclusive uh inside and out of wrestling so it was an experience but yeah for me i was just like in the moment i was like oh come on and at the same time i'm like it's new york what the hell is this <laughs> what are you yeah doing? that was also weird but there's it's funny i didn't realize until i was there there's a lot of people that traveled for grand slam um, I don't know if those guys did or not. Like I said, they were on the Jericho crew, so who knows where the heck they came in from. They might have come in from Florida because there was a woman who knew them that came, it was very weird. Like she came over to our table separate and was like, Oh, can I use your table for the sign I'm making? And it was just an acclaimed sign. And I was like, It's so weird. Cause she like knew them but wasn't with them. Um to have seen that. And it was, it was horrific. And it, it was, all of it was terrible. Like that it happened, it was terrible. Connecting the dots was terrible. The fact that they made me so uncomfortable in the parking lot and my friends, like it was just very, very odd. Uh, but it would, I, it wouldn't be shocking to find out if they were from Florida. <laughs> Florida. It's funny because Florida is like the second place where you wouldn't expect it. That's actually kind of true. Yeah. For like uh older it's kind of god's waiting room for the jews so uh, it's a little bit different either way we got a couple of super chats let's just get to them cs sends us one saying i'll be damned if i get accused of being anti-semitic or misogynist <laughs> <laughs> probably bad at spelling those but the love is genuine we appreciate you thank you co no you are neither of those things honestly most of the people in our chat are not those things but we always love when we get some support from y'all thank you so much and our it sends another super chat saying showing up late super chat to support women obviously off topic but with hook teaming with rvd orange cassidy and dan Housen, i've come to the conclusion that he's the wrestling equivalent of a capybara with suplexes <laughs> oh i i like it that's delightful i love that so much you think hook could be a good sloth i think he'd be a good sloth he'd be a great sloth you he would he's a little bit too cool though sloths also like are very smiley yeah like, i guess so he's a little bit hook is a little bit cool guy do i mean we have sloth videos. style out there already right so <laughs> Do sloths eat Doritos? <laughs> Do sloths love chips? What flavor of Doritos was Hook eating 
on Dynamite last week when him and Orange Cassidy were like, hey, you want to team up? What were the what was the flavor? I want to know. What color bag was it? It was like a it was a purpley green. It looked like a new flavor. I don't know. We'll I have to know. find out. And well, it was, it, see, that's the scoops that we need from Sean. I don't care about contract news. I don't care about CM Punk. What tips was Hook eating? I should tweet Hook and Taz and just be like, can you go back and look? Someone's saying sweet chili heat. I don't think it was. Chili lemon, maybe, but it was. It's, they sweet had sweet uh, chili heat. Up, up, uh, no, we're not in Boston. Um, I just I, they 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 twisted the bag around specifically not to tell us what flavor. Of course, it is. <laughs> it's the new special hook flavor. It's that old, would, it's he old. deserves it. He deserves <laughs> it. The FTW burrito. <laughs> <laughs> FTurito. That's right. After FD Rito. Yeah. Torito is a completely different thing. Something I don't I don't want to know about. No, that the kids are doing. It's 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 the bull flavor. F the bull flavor. Remember El Torito? Oh yeah. baby. Come on. For Wrestling Podcast said hook Ritos. Those are pretty good. I like that. Hook Ritos are never mind marketing. No, this is not a conversation. Because <laughs> they got the commercials though for that. They do. Do you need uh, to do you need to spice up your party? Send hook Ritos. Hook. What are you calling me? A hook what now? <laughs> They're very expensive for some reason. I don't know why. It's so weird. It is. Someone's saying pocky chips are where they at. They're very expensive though. Uh, now that I'm vegan, I can have so fewer chips. Yeah, what? So, okay, you mentioned that on air the other night, and I had no idea that you started. A, so, sorry, wrestling fans, we're now just going to talk about vegan. We're talking about anti-Semitism and <laughs> veganism. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Where did this start? Like, first, like, cool, but also, like, when did this? Where? What? Explain, please. Uh, I. So. I was vegan two summers ago when I lost a bunch of weight. Um, I primarily just did it for health reasons then. Not as well researched as I am now. Um, And I felt great. And then I just went off of it for no like tangible reason. I think I did that thing that you like anybody who's lost weight and put it back on again. It's like, oh, great, I lost 10 pounds, and now I'll just go eat like crap again instead of, like, sticking with the consistencies of the habits. So I had, like, accomplished it and then kind of incorporated meat back into my diet. Um, And not that meat's unhealthy, but it definitely opened the, well, if I'm not vegan anymore, I can eat cheese, and then just, like, no restrictions on anything. Um, And I needed to make some health changes for sure again, and I watched Forks Over Knives again. And while I was watching it, my dog was looking at me and I couldn't handle it. (laughs) And I just got really sentimental about animals. And I watched that documentary. And whenever I watch a documentary, I kind of keep in mind that it's viewed from a perspective, right? So I did a bunch of additional research around it, um, went to nutritionfacts.org. There's some really wonderful information over there. Um, But yeah, I just got really sentimental about the fact that people eat dogs in other countries. And like, I watched so many cow videos on Instagram, I couldn't like do it anymore. And for health reasons, but this time I'm I'm much more aware of the nutritional things of um, the amount of supplements that you need because you're not getting them from animals. And, um, you know, like, just being more aware of complete proteins and stuff like that. So I, I feel like a lot better about it, but 
I've been telling people like, yeah, other than my energy being better, losing weight again, my sleep being better, feeling more hydrated, it hasn't done anything for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that you're just like, I look down and my dog's looking at me with those beautiful eyes. And I don't know. And I'm just thinking to myself, I could never eat you. And I feel like if I were in the room with you and like the same situation happens and you look down and you're like, oh, I could never eat you. And I just look over and be like, legally, you couldn't. <laughs> well, and like the vegan diet idea is completely trashed. Well, she like, I, it's funny. I posted a picture of it. I'll, I'll post it again or, or send it to you at least. Oh, she, I know this. I know this photo. Yeah. She's looking at it. Like, how could you eat my friends? <laughs> like, she's lo- like the most guilt trip. Look, she already has those eyes that are like for just 70 cents a day. Like she's just one of those dogs with those eyes anyway. And then paired with the documentary, she's just like, how dare you? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It's like, how could you eat my friends? I'm like, I couldn't. I, I'll, well, eat <laughs> I'll eat true. the other ones. It's, it's okay. true. Oh my goodness. But, I mean, no, that, that's cool though. I listen, I, anything that helps someone uh, feel healthier or just feel better, whatever it is, just do it. As long as it's not illegal, just go ahead and do holy it. Holy crap. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> what? If, if that's, if that's true, Ryan, oh, that's yeah. amazing. That rules. By the way, I'm only sorry. It wasn't 369 pounds. Cause that would have been nice. Well, that's that's the next step. Uh, Mel Coleman in the chat, of course, saying, "Sup, cuties? How you doing, Mel? Miss you, miss you every day." Mel, Mel, turncoat, Mel, yeah. our sweet baby girl, Mel, who met Don Callis and is now corrupted, turned to the dark side. Extremely talented artist, but still, like being skilled and evil, you're still evil. But you're not House of Torture evil, thank God. Because then I couldn't like you as a person. Yeah, but we live like somewhat close to each other so i just i can't say i put i put a ring on it with this woman you okay did. that's true <laughs> you did i, was I did and now <laughs> she's first of all she she did not stand up against cinnabon so like use your platform you know what i mean and then i was wondering why she wouldn't stand up against cinnabon it's because she's with them she's looking all hot on boats and uh-huh. a cool little like masky things just because hey, you look at doing it doesn't mean you can turn to the evil side, all right? Pay the woman. That's all I'm going to say. Just pay the woman. She deserves everything she gets, uh, whether you're... Just give her the money directly. Wherever, wherever her look, own... Look, if you want her to turn back to the good side, you're going to have to convince her by giving her your money. Yes. And whilst she is evil, she is also a woman. So I do have to say, support women. <laughs> Go to Mel Coleman Art on Twitter. That's right. <laughs> buy all her stuff too just deeper into the pockets let's go why not dig deep friends i do it already did again late but with much gusto as possible nazi punks f off absolutely right. <laughs> you know. so let's actually i guess we should probably all the human monies <laughs> <laughs> oh mel we're gonna have you on this show again we're gonna get you on in the weeds too i don't know what's going on that we haven't done that yet but uh we'll do that yeah, what is going on I don't know. I'm, I'm not even on In the Weeds tomorrow. I'm not on my own show. SP3 is filling in for me. So clearly the views yeah. are going to just be through the roof. SP3 is the best. I got to see him at Grand Slam. And he fills in with me whenever Reg is gone for ROH. And sometimes that's very last minute because Reg is like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you I'm at StarCast or whatever. So 
how did you not figure it out? He was at Starcast. He had a no, no, no. I'll check in with him, but right. sometimes it's a little late notice, and I appreciate SP3 being available on late notice. Is all I'm saying. That's why my my new gimmick on Sundays is after I put the kid down for an, uh, his morning or afternoon nap, I'll just tweet out. Now comes the time of the week where I message Kate to see if we're working tonight. It's true. <laughs> it's become it's the true. new bit. <laughs> and it works uh but we're not doing next week because of wrestle dream so let's talk about grand slam let's actually we're, we're 25 minutes in and we've said very little about the professional wrestling other than you were there uh it's kind yeah. of a quieter week this week which was in some ways refreshing honestly yeah it kind of was there was like there was some contract news which is neat you know some some good stuff and some interesting stuff but other than that yeah it was it was pretty quiet and i'm not going to complain um that the show was good the, the Grand Slam Dynamite was a lot of fun. Uh, you mentioned it, Mox and, and uh, sorry, <coughs> Mox and my my forgetting Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix's name. I was like Flamita. No, that's nope. uh, that's another luchador. Different luchador. Very very different. Uh, Mox and Phoenix had a very uh, a very good match with a very weird everything. So it was apparent live that something happened early. I know the the ending spot was really, really rough, but his back, you could just tell, was out early. Like, it, it looked like he was just moving different or something. He had his bell rung. Like, he did not look good. And they had set up a spot at the barricades where Ray Phoenix doesn't miss spots like this. He, like, very lightly touched the top of his back instead of a stomp. And I was like, okay. Um, the spot with Rick Knox was really unfortunate. Um, but you could just tell, you know, you know, the type of match that these two are capable of putting on. Um, and you know, while they made it through and they did a good job and there was still some really good work in here, like it, it, you could tell something was off. And the other thing about that is like the title switched on that. And if they had plans for Forbidden Door, like, that's an issue now, right? Because Ray Phoenix is, I don't think he signed with AAA anymore, but, like, they don't have a good relationship. So uh, I don't know what that looks like. If there were plans for Mox to be a, for, or not Forbidden Door, I'm sorry, Wrestle Dream, um, for the Anoki Tribute show. But, you know, those would have also gotten dashed because of who <laughs> the title changed hands to. So... I don't know what any of that looks like, but it is. Um... Well, hold on, because because Lucha Bros are on the card. They're on the Wrestle. Dream. Oh, okay. Well, then there you go. Maybe it's better. Yeah. There's a four way uh, number one contendership tag match. Remember That's for right. uh, yeah, the winner gets the winner gets an AW tag title right. shot anytime. And I was like, is this like a Money in the Bank thing? Is this uh, what is this? So who knows? I this card is stacked. I'm so excited. But that's a good point. But I, I don't, I'll put it this way. It didn't seem like the plan was, even then you were like, I don't think this was supposed to happen, but Mox didn't look good. And I don't think the cameras caught it, but he was pissed after. And I don't know if it was at Knox, if it was just the situation, but like medical came to check on him. Renee came to check on him. He got up and we were all like, oh, at least he's leaving on his own accord. And he left angry. <laughs> like he was, he was mad and like, uh, he like walked over the barricades by himself and I was like, I'm so glad he's moving. Okay. I was like, probably not good. Cause it looked like your back got real trick to just like jump over the barricades by yourself. But uh, there was a lot that, that happened in that, that was unfortunate, but 
uh, it sounds like the the only thing that actually matters is like it sounds like Fox is going to be okay. So that's that's the only thing that matters. It sounds like it was a pretty minor concussion. Yeah, and hopefully that's all it is, and uh, we'll see him back in the ring very soon when he's ready for it. But of course, that's the thing with thing with concussions is you just don't know. They can be they can be mild, they can be minor, but they can still mess with you for a long time. But hopefully, it's not going to be for too long. He. Uh, Man, he he was on his way to starting something new with that international championship, you know, picking up where Orange Cassidy left off and still maintaining the legitimacy of that title. Because listen, when it started, man, we all we all ragged on that title. And we all said it wasn't gonna be a good title. And we all said it wasn't gonna be worthwhile. It was gonna be the the European championship of AEW. Think for yourself, I was excited for it. I just felt like the booking got lost with it early on. Well, that was. I was thing. excited. We were all looking. I, I wasn't. I was. I was of the camp of we have too many belts. The TNT title was enough, and then the TNT title got lost in the shuffle because Orange Cassidy went on a run with that title and added so much legitimacy to it, while the TNT title was kind of floundering and losing its place. So they kind of just swapped, and at that point, it was like, all right, here we are, and now the TNT title is getting that legitimacy built back up because you have Christian Cage who's doing something completely different having a ton of fun with it two and, time champion and it's become a story title which again that's good stuff the international championship had become the open challenge with like some stories here and there but mostly just matches tnt title became a story title good that works if you do stuff like that it's not always bad you just when it started it was like i've got another title and it's changed and i think it's good i'm happy to see that I also think I was more excited for it because I thought it was going to function more like an ambassadorial title than it has so far. Um, I, not just because I'm a ZSJ stand, but I love the way that that title has been defended, like in ROH, at RevPro, at wherever, like um, it's gone so many places. And I thought that's kind of more how the international title was going to be, especially when they gave it to Pac. Um, but it ended up not being that. Now, what I think is is really cool when you do have three titles is you could have your main title picture function where all the defenses feel very important. I like the TNT title as a workhorse title. And then the story being one of the performer holding the international title is really cool. Like, I like the idea of, like, story title workhorse title and then one where like the story is kind of orange cassidy is is a really cool balance to have through your product and i also am a fan of like i like having a heel champion i like having a face champion so the idea of having a tiebreaker in that way kind of feels good to the product in in my opinion so that's just me no it's fair i get it um i just saw mel say the tnt title now stands for the turtleneck title And I think that works best. That's excellent. That's excellent. <laughs> and yeah, the um, again, I, I'm looking at the chat. I'm just trying to keep up, and, and I'm seeing you know, Shaka 29 saying if Phoenix ends up holding the, the title for a little bit, the international championship, uh, then you want to see it worked into the Santana and Ortiz feud. And whoever wins that feud, let's say it's Santana, then yeah, you build Santana more and possibly do a big uh, a big match with Phoenix and Santana. I wouldn't mind that again stories stories damn it is where we need where we need it um yeah that's just how it is so i see alex is in the alex Pulaski's in the chat talking about how much he, he looks zero <laughs> i mean so i i know uh alex's thoughts on miro pretty well is oh do you I'm, yeah no i'm uh familiar with them and i can't argue with any of them i also really love miro so but there was something 
there that they could have hit on with that inaugural four pack of Miro having lost his title, being on the search for more gold as the redeemer here. If he had won that after what he had done with the TNT title, my God, that could have been set on a really cool path. I also feel like it could have with Pac. He's just had some injury bugs and and some not being medically cleared things in play. So, uh, but I will say we haven't seen that mobility yet. Like that's actually what I was getting really excited for with Mox with the international title is we haven't had someone in the world title and the TNT title and the international title go up and down. Like nobody that's won a singles championship has won them in both. So I was kind of looking forward to that. Like that was going to be a part of Mox's legacy is that he's the first singles competitor to have held the world title more than anybody else. And then to go into a different title picture and, and win gold there, we haven't really seen that. So um, I, it, it stinks, but it is kind of cool that like somebody who could very easily work in the international landscape as well could just jump in there. Cause my guess is Mox has been working in Japan. He has been working the Indies. Like you could kind of, use that in in kind of a more traditional way i guess but um but we'll see we'll see how how long mox is out we'll see what they end up doing with this by the way on the miro front um do him and his wife just not talk like from from yeah. friday to, to sunday or friday to whatever between Correct, the shows yes. okay just making sure because that was the one thing with that promo the other night on collision i was just like wait a minute why don't y'all talk about this why are we only doing this on camera why can't we talk about this elsewhere why well because he didn't want to be tempted she's she lives elsewhere i don't even know if they're still husband and wife anymore where is she living who is she living with she living with bobby lashley live morgan is that what's going on no bobby lashley and the sisters it's living cj living cj are just living it up she should manage max caster because it's one of bobby lashley's sisters oh that's the one and then everyone's going to be thrown off because everyone's like that's going to be powerhouse hobbs as part of the story by the way, I'd be fine with that because at least oh, I love that idea. And again, like, yes, is it predictable? Yes. Is it storytelling? Yes. Go with the storytelling route. Not everything needs to be a swerve, bro. And sometimes that is, that's one of the more frustrating things that somehow goes on in the AW sphere that, uh, that bugs me. But this was, this is the time to Hobbs. Oh, Sean says it all the time. Predictable is good when it's good. Yes. <laughs> when it's the right choice to make. Yeah. And I, I think that is like, I, I don't think Hobbs needs a manager. I think he's helped by one. I think CJ's a really good call. And I, I like the idea of Miro and CJ being on different sides of things. Uh, and I also just think it's really funny that her Titan Tron says hot and flexible. Let's go. That's <laughs> she hysterical to, to me. She's going to make another entrance. It's not going to say that anymore. And everyone's going to be like, you ruined her. No. <laughs> and, and someone in the chat saying like she hit Hobbs with the chair. Why would they link up? Because CJ can easily just be like, you know what? I came back because I wanted to be a manager. I want to lead people to titles. Hobbs, I see you as possibility because you and my husband beat each other senseless. And if anyone's going to do that, it's going to be the guy who almost beat my husband. I think there's a lot of really interesting things that they could do with it. I think Miro kind of actively rejected her, right? He referred to her as a temptation. So what's someone going to do off of that is go find the thing that they can't resist. And that's beating powerhouse Hobbs again, right? Like I, I really like that. And I also think you have an opportunity to um, let CJ kind of settle in, but I, I think there's a way to build a really fun stable around that too. Like, I, I think there's some possibilities there if Nick Nemeth did come over, I think that could be a very fun little combination. I feel like there's a really, really fun duo there of Hobbs, Nick Nemeth, and having CJ at the helm because I feel like 
I don't know. I've, I've always been a big Dolph Ziggler gal. Like I, I thought he was so great and so underutilized. I'm intrigued to see what he chooses to do next. Uh, but I always appreciated, like, I feel like he's one of those guys that can kind of slide in there and out of anything and, and compliment things pretty well. So I, with how boisterous his personality is and what we know CJ Perry is capable of, I think that could be a really fun aspect to add into this. And then Ryan Nemeth shows up and he's like, can I come too? <laughs> the hunk. <laughs> and he's gone. There's so, a fun, a fun young Kate story. Not that young. Hot young Briley, hot young case. Uh, actually exactly what you're referring to. <laughs> I was the person at money in the bank that was holding uh, my money's on hot young Briley sign. <laughs> California represents. That's what's up. <laughs> That's so funny. CJ and Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> okay. Who's so who's getting banned in the chat? Nobody. If anything, Jay I'll Hayes. Them. I will Jay Hayes them. trying to ruin my Sunday. <laughs> I love it. No one's ruining anyone's Sunday. It's a good night to leave a thumbs up, by the way. Go ahead and do that. A bunch of y'all are watching. We appreciate it. Earlier tonight, Kate was like, how are we gonna do with football? And I'm just like, no one watches football, Kate. That is categorically untrue. <laughs> the Taylor Swift game is over. People are now tuned in to watch us instead. People have like a lot of opinions on whether or not Taylor Swift hangs out with Kelsey's mom. Kelsey's mom has got it going on, I thought. I saw like a tweet that was like, seems a little soon for this. And I was like, you don't know these people. Like, you don't have to weigh in on this. This isn't like begging for your opinion in any way Listen, we don't know how long Trav taylor swift has known the kelseys all that matters is that at the end of the day the next album will be fire and we'll have a lot of football references and jeremy will have a lot of headlines a lot of headlines oh my god he's gonna he's gonna quit wrestling writing and go to football just so he could write taylor swift and just random football quotes he and should he'll just go to music and write Taylor Swift stuff. He would be so happy. Someone saying the amount of blowouts there were today, Joel, might be right. I'm always right. Let's face it. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan and they're playing right now, but it's just going to be a sad season. So it's fine. I'm a Canadian. All football is sad. You don't like football? I made it three quarters into an Argos game before I left. Even Tar Quinn likes football. Who? Mary Barry likes football. Who? Idols? No. Who? Ugh, you're no fun. Mary like all the Barry. bands I like. Mary and Barry, like the, dis the disgraced Washington <sighs> mayor. Go listen to Well Done from is it Tribalism by Idols. Go listen to your punk music, sir. <laughs> See, I was saying some marriages don't talk about work as a rule. <laughs> some marriages are wrong. <laughs> Go Owls. Oh my goodness, people. I haven't, by the way, okay, you know what? This is, uh, I'm seeing people in the chat who are football fans, some are Canadian football fans. Um, I have an interview with AJ Olette, who plays for the Red ah. Bulls. Sorry, plays for the, um, for the Argos, the Toronto Argos. Why do I have that? Because he wrestled at Greektown Wrestling in Toronto. And by the way, my Matt Taven interview from the same show drops on Monday. Uh, notes are on Five Select right now. But anyway, does any do you guys want to see that interview actually show? Because I'm gonna put it up on on Overbooked. Do y'all care about just that? Just me waiting for my Trish Dora interview to drop. Whatever. Never heard of them. Like <laughs> Never heard of her. I adore her. I gotta put up the stupid uh, the other one, the Nicole Matthews one, because she just won the Femme Fatale competition at WXW in Germany. So <laughs> shit. Oh. Get to work, Joel. 
So Redmond Survivor, or, uh, yeah, Redmond Survivor, any relation to Maurice? No, because, and this is funny because it's AJ Olette, not Ouyette. He's not French. He's actually from Ohio. So no relation to Maurice. I just assumed it was Impact when you were like, a CFL guy took the ring. Like, no, that would be probably too Impact. If they're not Impact, then they're going to be from Greektown. Uh, Conan's coming to Greektown in October. <laughs> Tim and I are like humming and hawing if we want to go and get an interview with Conan. Nope. I don't know. I got messages today being like, hey, going to Greek Town to be like, I'll let you know. Game time decision. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Eddie Kingston is the ROH champion, Joel. Eddie Kingston is the Ring of Honor world champion so- and New Japan strong Tip- champion. Tip- Listen, man, listen, man, when it opened with that, I was like, it's going to happen. They're going to do it and it's going to be fun and people are going to enjoy it. And I'm glad he's the champion. I'm glad he's there. I'm hopeful that this goes well. I'm hopeful that they do a rematch at final battle or that whatever they do, a final battle is of equal or greater value. Uh, A rematch with Claudio could work, but they did shake hands at the end. So I don't know. The Shibata match, who knows? Maybe Shibata is going to walk out and be triple crown champion uh, at wrestling. Mm, I'm thinking, no. What's interesting is they have those two titles on the line, but not Shibata's pure title. But the idea of Eddie Kingston as the pure champion is hysterical to me. I really, really wish Eddie Kingston had like, oh, you get one closed fist punch here? Boom! (laughs) Just knocking people out. Uh, I what a cool moment. And not only like, was I obviously so excited and authentically emotional, but like the place was just unglued. Like, I don't know how it came across on TV, but it was such a special moment to do it in New York. The match I thought was great. I loved the ending Claudio and his green tights, like a very nice nod to, um, Junakiyama and everything that came before. Um, but this was just like a whole a whole mess of fun and such a great way to start the night. Like what a what a fun thing to get going. Uh, but I just I loved it and I'm I'm so happy that Eddie Kingston's kind of having these moments and uh, he's he's champ champ. And I'm also just hopeful that means maybe the world champion's going to be on ROH on occasion since clearly the tag titles are not clearly the trios titles are not so. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the trios titles in a minute because I can't take a victory lap on Monday with Jeremy, but I can at least mention it here. And I also I won't be able to talk about this on Monday with Jeremy, but uh, the one thing about the the Eddie Kingston story that's developing is that he is deciding not to do independence for a little while. Um, I fully understand that. I think it's frustrating for people who have booked him. Um, it seems like the way that Defy had put it out was almost as if they only found out when Eddie put it out on Instagram that he was not going to take independence. Turns out that wasn't the case. They just kind of like misspoke on their own thing. They were like, no, no, no. Eddie told us we're good. And, you know, we we know and we're, we're in contact with him. Um, Warrior Wrestling is still trying to figure out if he's still going to be on the card at the beginning of October. We hope he is because he's supposed to have a really great match with Brian Keith. Um, there's some really good stuff out there. But also, I understand that Eddie wants to rest up. He's 
you know, he, he's he's not a spring chicken and he wants to do his best on TV. I cannot fault him for that. I just hope that uh, if there is going to be a bunch of cancellations, that AW Ring of Honor, whoever it is, they kind of swap them out with someone, you know, again, of equal or greater value. So it's good. I'm glad and I hope Eddie does appear on Ring of Honor television because, yeah, those titles need to be represented more. Can't just be the Athena show anymore. No, and there's a lot to be optimistic about with Ring of Honor right now, which makes me very happy. Uh, but it is just, if your titles aren't around, especially for a product like ROH, it hampers things. It just does. Like, ROH has always been um, a lot of titles defended, a lot of logical stuff and whatever. Like, there's nothing more simple than uh, I want the pure title, so I'm working up the division that is pure. <laughs> it, it was just a call your shot in the division you're in. If you're in the tag division, you wrestle tag matches until your record gets you to the tag titles. Um, now, that's what I always loved about proving ground matches was it broke up that format, right? So I love, love, loved a lot of the logic there. But when you don't have the titles around for something like as sports based as that, it is kind of like, well, what are they fighting for? Um so I, I'm hoping that he's around more. And it, it does stink. It, it's interesting to see, like, we'll see if anything gets honored from what was kind of grandfathered in. I'm sure AEW has a say in all of this, too. Uh, and, like, New Japan Strong is also something that requires you to be there and defending your titles, right? So and it, it sounds like he's pretty banged up. Like, he's been working through back injuries, and he obviously had the hernia and everything. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think you're going to see... It seems like AEW has made an effort to pull top stars back from the independents in general for a little bit. Um, but then you see things like Adam Cole is going to pop up and give someone their first match ever. Like, that's cool. And I think that's probably a really nice balance of up to the talent, quick random appearances is probably a really good way to go. But I also understand, like, hey, we don't want John Moxley bleeding his out of his forehead against Nick Gage and losing at like with great frequency, right. Of like extremely high risk injury stuff. And um, how do you keep someone protected from a booking perspective that way? So there's a, a lot that goes into it, but it is cool that, um, and I, I feel like anybody mid card or lower should have free reign over their, their shit. Cause that's not fair. Uh, but with collision being on Saturdays too, like, He's going to be your ROH champion. He's working out of the collision locker room. That's a Saturday show. Like that's, that's something that maybe didn't get taken into account when he was lining up these dates as well. Let him work Wednesdays too. Let him work whatever. But like if you have the ROH title or showing up on ROH, you're working Saturdays. So please, for the love of God, <laughs> let that happen. I love, I love that you're like, Oh, Adam Cole's giving some schlub his first match as if you don't know, it's Chris Denker who is Denk Ops on Twitch and a very well-known gaming streamer. It's okay. I'm not going to... People in the chat are just giving me shit. Way to not support gamers, Kate. I don't know shit about gaming. That's fine. Chris uh, Chris Danger... I honest to God have no idea who that is. It's okay. We're, we're, we're trying to get Chris on uh, on In the Weeds because we want to talk to him about That's that awesome. match. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we want to get him. It's going to be his DPW, Deadlock Pro, by the way. Uh, his, his debut match, Adam Cole showed up, well, not showed up at the event, but showed up on the screen and said, hey, I'm going to beat your ass. And everyone was like, yeah, you're going to beat Chris's ass and it's going to be fun. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, um, no, I sincerely don't know who that is. The extent of my streaming knowledge is I know that Alex 
Pulowski played Red Dead Redemption 2 and I got way too emotionally invested. Uh, someone in the chat saying Kate hates oh gamers God. confirmed. I get it. I do. Uh, some of them. <laughs> I've, told, I've, told here. I've told the story here about how we got our Twitch channel, by the way, twitch.tv slash gaming, where we're streaming now. And I swear to God, we used to play video games all the time on that channel. Do you know how we got that Mario channel? Kart. How'd you get that channel? So for the longest time, Sean Ross Sapp, God bless him. Uh, he, he thought that if we started a Twitch channel, that YouTube would kick us off of the platform because he was under the impression that Dr. Disrespect, who is a very well-known gaming streamer and at the time had switched over from Twitch where he was doing very well to YouTube gaming on an exclusive contract. There was a whole situation that arose where he got kicked off Twitch before he started on YouTube officially and it became a whole thing. And Sean was like, I don't want that happening to us. And I had to explain to him that's like, ain't happening to us. We are nowhere near as important as Dr. Disrespect. And by the way, here's how his contract looks. And she, he was just like, Okay, let's go. You're fine. And uh, well, isn't that it's an affiliate thing, right? It's not. It was a partners thing. It was because there's affiliates on Twitch, and then there's also Twitch partners. Twitch partner gets a little bit more. They get more perks. They get more of a cut of uh, of income and things like that. The affiliates program is very bare bones. Uh, at least when I was doing it, it was like you need the, the getting it was very easy because you needed 50 followers certain hours of streaming under a seven day span and like just very basic low bar stuff to be able to unlock affiliate and monetize on your on your channel uh the 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 partner platform was a lot more intensive you needed a lot more followers a lot more stream time a lot more viewers on the regular um yeah so it's a bigger program and then you also get more leverage the more popular you are on the platform. A lot of that has changed now that Amazon owns Twitch, but uh, at the time, Dr. Disrespect and those streamers were making a bank so much that they were pretty much bankrupting Twitch. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Someone's saying Sean has a, had a uh, boomer moment. There you go. <laughs> You're not wrong about it. I love Sean. He's given us so much, but also sometimes I'm just like, we got to do this differently. <laughs> you could have been like to be a Twitch partner. You have to, Live on the moon. I would be like, I believe you. I got <laughs> like, all no right. idea. Where's your rocket ship? Be like, we're building one in the truck. <sighs> Ricardo the Firefly says, I support women too, in fact, plus a daughter. So. Well, <laughs> thank you, Ricardo. <laughs> and Chris Myers starts us with, uh, to me, there are too many Ring of Honor titles on AEW. So the Ring of Honor six-man tag titles moved to the Hung Bucks on Grand Slam Rampage. Uh, I talked about this with Jeremy on ITW and my feeling is they're loading up the Ring of Honor champions with well-known established Ring of Honor uh, AEW stars who also have some sort of Ring of Honor background, not necessarily to move them back onto Max, but because they want to present Final Battle in a mar- in a larger setting because AEW is not running officially a December pay-per-view. And the Ring of Honor Final Battle is typically a December pay-per-view. So this is their opportunity to kind of mix everything in, call it Ring of Honor Final Battle, not do an AEW pay-per-view, and then make that a big show. Cool. Are the Hung Bucks going to work Saturdays? Sure. Why not? Like, it's it, that's my thing, because it just feels like... I, I actually think the Hung Bucks winning is a good idea from the perspective of it wasn't doing the embassy any favors. If anything, it was hampering them. They seem like they're supposed to be on AEW. Gates of Agony was showing up as a tag team more than a trio. Like sometimes Brian Cage was there. 
it's been very chaotic on ROH. Like sometimes Brian Cage was there wrestling singles matches. Like there's been no real challenges for them the entire time. So if you're going to build up challengers, the Hung Bucks losing to them means a whole lot more than the Mogul Embassy losing to them. So I like that idea. And I don't even have a problem with ROH titles being defended on AEW. I have a problem with them being defended on AEW and also not the show that I watch and review every Thursday because it makes half your programming feel fucking meaningless. So I feel like if they're not going to work Saturdays, we're just going to run into more of the same of this. And it's also annoying because that's what's going on with the tag titles. And the tag titles went from Luch Brothers, who have never defended it on ROH television, to Adam Cole and MJF, who have never t- defended it on God ROH television. God forbid, Kate. So um, it's it's very, very frustrating. The, the tag ones, too, just for me, it's more frustrating because they made such a big deal out of the, the ladder match. Uh, being in, in Jay Briscoe's name, and then they proceeded to not care about those titles in any way, shape, or form on ROH. So um, other than missing the Prison Nana dance, I think it's okay. But if they're not going to show up on ROH, like, what is the point? Like, then they're just a prop belt. So just let, Nana, just let Nana win the pure title. Nana should win the pure title. Yeah, pure Nana. Um, Prince Pure. Man, there's... So... We don't really like go into depth on ROH and Impact here because we both do that on Thursdays. But uh, Shane Taylor reviving Shane Taylor promotions with Lee Moriarty is so interesting to me. Yeah. We'd love to see Lee in the pure title picture and also like give me Shane Taylor versus Eddie Kingston now that Eddie Kingston has the title. I want the S talking and I want the big boy match that that could be. Please, please, please. It'll be on pay-per-view in a month. Don't worry about it. Chris Byers also mentions, to me, I like to see AEW and Ring of Honor set up like separate companies and never see the ROH titles on AEW TV. For the longest time, I agree with you. You're, not, you're, you're thankfully not saying anything that people haven't already been saying, and I think they should do that as soon as they can, probably in the beginning of next year. Just I where. would say I don't mind it once in a while, but when it's the primary place for your titles, that's where I get an issue with it. Yeah. And, and this is, again, this is what's so interesting to me is they've taken pretty much all of the titles away from the ring of honor program. And the only one that remains is Athena who has been anchoring that program. And I know you talk about it with Reg, so we're not going to go too deep, but like, come on, that segment from this past Thursday's show has gone viral. Like it's gone. It's every wrestling fan has seen it. We've all enjoyed it. The MIT thing, uh, probably going to get sued by the, the college, but either way, this is a very good story and it's anchoring ring of honor because there are no other champions featured on the show. Yeah. It's um, what's been really fun with Athena is, and I I think it's time for her to get called up soon. Uh, I love that. We've seen her just being this dominant ass kicker. And now we get to see her be, she's not silly, but she's in something silly. Like she was a full uh, drill sergeant and very serious about everything but she's in the context of something that's very silly. And Billy Starks has just like this absolute magnetism about her where you just, you just love her and her smirking the whole time was so much fun. Like it seemed like the sneaky little, I know something you don't know smirk, but also like at points a genuine, I'm trying not to laugh smirk. Um, Really, really, really fun stuff. It also broke open the format of 
backstage interview, match, 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 backstage interview, match, match, which is what we get on ROH. So it was just nice to have something like that. It was really refreshing. Um, but yeah, she's she's the MVP of that program, and we say it every week. Yeah, and I do think Billy's going to take that title at Final Battle. That is, I think that is the beginning of the refresh for Ring of Honor to the young talent, and I'm fine with that. Will Chisholm sends a super chat saying, I can't believe I'm saying this, but at least Becky Lynch is showing up on NXT every week. Can ROH please have their champion show up on ROH, please? I, so we don't need to continue on about the ROH and the championship stuff, but like, let's talk People about People are that. paying to, they, we can. Well, let's no, go. I want to talk about the Becky Lynch stuff because, you know, Will did mention Whoa. it. Lynch. She's showing up on, on NXT. She's showing up. She was working the dark match on SmackDown this past week. She is, she's out there. She's doing it. And you know what? I'm fine with it. When she won the title, my immediate thought was, how long are we going to do this? And how much are they really trying to get for NXT? Because they realized that SmackDown and Raw rights fees are not going to be met the way that they expected. Uh, it feels like the NXT program was undervalued for so long probably rightfully so under 2.0, but now the way that it's being presented, there's much more of a reason to ask for more money. And yeah, you're kind of relying on some main roster stars, but you know what, Kate, when people show up and the numbers go up, don't matter who's on the show, as long as people are watching. So it does for someone that reviews it, but now we talk about, you know, review it. I, I, I do. I do a post show about it. I'll put it that way. Y'all spend, spend one hour talking and another hour singing and dancing. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about NXT, so got to make money somehow, man. I swear to God, I'm gonna um, reverse sour graps, you guys, and do another show on Select where it's like super serious NXT review. Not. Don't even be super serious. Just be mellow. Just like no, he's the champion. Uh, I thought this match was good. And uh, the suplex in the middle. Like, just do that. I know exactly who to call on for that content. Oh, Lord. <laughs> By the way, this is sorry. I'll mention this. I got a text from a, fr- a mutual friend of ours <laughs> who had us up on their big screen TV at home. And I was just laughing. They're like, I'm in bed, too. <laughs> nice. Bed. Watching us do this piddly ass. It's not piddly ass. No. You're the draw of the of the show of the network. It's very, very upsetting that we are the draw on this channel. I think it's just the time. I just think it's the time. We're still drawing even with football happening. Okay. What's football? Never heard of it. (sighs) Don't make me come back to my idols reference, but (laughs) I think Becky winning. So they put up a graphic and she's going to be on TV on October 3rd. So thank you for uh, tipping your hand about the fact that she's retaining. I liked the idea of her winning, getting her name in the record books, and then Tiffany Stratton beating her at a pay-per-view because otherwise her entire reign was just kind of medium matches against Thea Hale. Like they didn't do anything for her with this reign and she's outstanding. Now, maybe they're planning on calling her up. Maybe that was the plan, but maybe they're bringing Jade into NXT to win this breakout tournament. Like who knows? Who knows? Uh, but I, I don't think Becky like needs an NXT run. I think she could do a lot for the women there, but it just feels like you derailed Roxanne so bad. Alex and I were talking about this on Tuesday. You derailed Roxanne because of her anxiety and then you said 
yes, you are a loser if you have anxiety. Uh, and you don't matter anymore in a five-woman ladder match. Because we're going to give it to Indy Hartwell for ten minutes. And then... <laughs> And then your next like real championship run has been Tiffany Stratton. And while I think it's opened a lot of eyes as to what she's capable of doing, uh, the, the booking has not been good. Like that submission match was a mess. Like it hasn't been great. So I just want them to, they're really, really good about screen time with women. And they're really, really good about having stories going on outside of the title picture, which I love. Like, it's probably the best from a representation standpoint of screen time and getting women on television. Uh, the booking of the title just hasn't been good in, in like a year. And you could even make the case that before that, Mandy Rose should have dropped the title like months before she did and under different circumstances. So um, I just, I would like to see that be better, but Becky Lynch showing up anywhere is good for business at this point. I feel like she's, She's an incredible star and she just is so selfless in the ring of what she is willing to do with other people. It was, it was Tiffany's best match of her career. Like no surprise. It was a fantastic match. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the, to the match next weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun at no mercy and it's going to be extreme rules. So like have some fun with it. I hope they, they bring out all the silly shit they can. I hope that there are pink chairs involved for Tiffany. If she just whips out a pink chair, Tiffy chairs. Tiffy chairs. <laughs> what, She's what, great. What else could like pink tick like pink tax? Oh, a little pink tax. That would be adorable. Yes. Tiffy tax. There it is. Tiffy tax. <laughs> Chris Meyer sent us a super chat. I wonder why stardom will work with impact. And never wants to work with AW. Well, I can tell you on the, uh, the AEW front for wrestle dream, they have a show. I think that particular day or around that time same thing with new japan though that's the best part is that new japan has a show the day or the night of and so or a couple days before either way this, it's a weird situation with them but this the happened of- with forbidden door and i was like what do they call every single women's wrestler and the answer was actually yes nah they kind of do like they call pretty much everybody from startup to stardom shows so like that i can't argue with but it's also like you couldn't get anybody from strong. Like there's there, look, there I love Julia Hart. Strong. There aren't many women in strong. I love Julia Hart. Okay. I think she's really well suited for the role that she has. I think she's going to be great. She's been doing this for like two years, three years, whatever. Like everything on this show feels like a huge deal. And this feels like Julia Hart was around and hasn't lost. Like, it doesn't feel like a big match to me. Like, put Athena there. Like, Athena versus Chris Statlander? Sheeta. Put frickin' Sheeta versus Chris Statlander there, man. Like, and this is not meant to be a slight on Julia Hart at all. Like, I I think she is, um, what she was able to do going from, like, blonde cheerleader girl to creepy, spooky, badass, witchy Undertaker woman it's amazing. I think she's she has such a presence about her. She's just young at this. And in the however many undefeated matches that she's had, I can't really name that many. Like, Athena's right there. Sheeta's right there. Obviously, Emi is right there. Like, if you can't use stardom talents, pull in something that feels like it has some significance to Antonio Inoki, maybe? 
Julia Fart. Please just ban Ryan from the chat. I can't. He's a mod. I just can't do it. Just for mistake the mistake number one. I just can't. I can't do it. I also I like him. He's right. Ryan's the best. Uh, yes, he's pretty all right. He's um no, so we're not talking about Ryan. He gets enough love on other shows. The uh, <laughs> Julia, uh, did you see the the Julia tweet that went around that people were like, "You wanted Julia, but you got you Julia." Got Julia. Yeah, <laughs> that made me that made me cackle. I love that. But uh, okay, so here's the thing. I I agree with you in terms of the star power. But going back to the story, and again, it's a very loose story, and I'm glad that Brody King at least brought it up and made it a thing. The idea that the last loss that Julia Hart had was to Chris Statlander. They kind of, listen, they definitely did a long play this. This was certainly someone looking at a cage match and being like, oh, I got an idea. Looking at you, Will Washington, I know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to poor Will. <laughs> no, I can't. I like Will too much. But the point I'm trying to make here is that like they, they've made a story out of it. Like they lucked into the story. Um, unfortunately, they don't have much time to tell it. They yeah, they, there you go. They're perfect, right? They Sing. just did it with Ruby too. Like there was a huge story with Ruby and Chris. Exactly. And they, they hot-shotted it. And, and then that's the problem. It's, it's someone looks at cage match. They realize, oh, shit, we got a pay-per-view. We don't have a match. What makes sense? And, like, this makes sense, and it looks good, but you have one week to tell the story. So the two will probably have a stare-down next week, maybe? And even then, it's like the 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 outcome <sighs> – I'm not going to say it's it's not in doubt because there's always a possibility that, you know, it's they no, but they, there's always a possibility that they really like Julia Hart and they do. And they see the potential of doing a Julia Hart thing. while house of black is, I don't know. While while buddy Matthews is hanging out in Australia, not promoting the PLE that the rival company is about to do in February. <laughs> They're not there for that. Uh, the idea that Julia Hart is just, well, like there's always a possibility. That's all I'm going to say. No one expected Ray Phoenix to win the international championship. And unfortunately circumstances well. <laughs> dictated otherwise, but that's what I'm trying to say. You can never be a hundred percent because that 1% loomed pretty heavily on, on Wednesday. So Chris Hatlander is more than likely going to win. Hopefully it's a good match. It, but if it's a squash and that's your only women's match, and it's kind of like self-fulfilling prophecies continue. And that's frustrating for someone who likes what's going on you know, who who wants to see more women's wrestling representation? I think um, some people are throwing it out also that maybe Mariah May shows up. And I think that that could be a possibility. I, I think you... To, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think then you're almost obviously on a much lesser scale. But remember how everyone was like, Christian and Kenny Omega, how boring. And that it was used as a catalyst to bring out Danielson and Michael Cole. Or Michael Cole. <laughs> For the first time ever. Vintage Cole. Um, Adam Cole, baby. Michael Cole, Um, baby. Where it's like the story maybe isn't about the match, right? Um, And that you could actually do because you could work stardom and show up in Seattle on the same day. Probably not wrestle both times. But if it's late enough at the card, you could actually do it. Um, My problem is how do you present Mariah May? Because you can't just have her show up and be like, oh, my God, it's Mariah May, former stardom. Ta-. I forget what they call it. All the stardom belts have different colors and representation, but the tag titles, essentially. 
there aren't a lot of people who are going to immediately understand that. And to me, it's like, you can't build her as like the greatest thing when she hasn't been seen that way. She's had a great showing in stardom. She is a really good wrestler, but you can't bring her in and be like, she's a huge threat when nobody knows what that threat really is. Other than she comes from, she, she's been working in Japan. She doesn't come from there. She's, you know, she's American. Canadian American. Can you get Wrestle Dream? You could. I think I you could. Think, I don't think you could because it's still a casual, not a casual, but like it's still an AEW audience. It's not a New Japan, you know, strong. But it's I don't mean the strong brand. Like it's not New Japan. Number seven hundred and eight on my concerns with the AEW women's division. So, so that, that's where she ranked in the PWI five hundred. There you go. Five hundred one. She was five five hundred one. <laughs> she's British. My bad. That just proves the point. She's just she. she ah. I think there's a possibility that she could be big, but I think debuting her as like this big. Oh my God, she's here! Like that doesn't do. It depends anything. how you do it. I think. Like but, I don't think. It, but I don't think you fear. need to come in as like a. Well, I'm sorry you're so scared, Joel. But I would not be. <laughs> I don't let it keep you up at night, bro. Okay. Listen, enough things kept me up last night. I don't think that's going to be it. Let's hit a couple more super chats. We'll Are we going to talk about the fact that Ricky Starks is dead? R.I.P. Ricky Starks. Well, allegedly. Again, 99%, 100%. Uh, <laughs> how much y'all want to bet if Becky versus Tiffany is the main event? People will think Jade will come out at the end, LOL. Uh, listen, man, it's entirely possible. Again, 99%, 100 I'm personally of the belief that Jade Cargill will have an NXT stint that's quick. I wouldn't mind her being a part of the NXT women's breakout tournament and just beating the brakes off of everyone, like a bunch of new recruits, just beating them all down and going right after Becky. I wouldn't hate that. And it doesn't have to be long. It just has to be like a couple of months in NXT. Get your bearing, get used to the product, get used to the presentations. It's different from AEW enough so that you could use the extra polish. And that's not a knock at anyone. Jade could use the extra work and the extra opportunities. Work, work work i think the more i've thought about this the more i think they're keep jade off television have her get a ton of performance center reps debuts at rumble makes it till the final four she obviously can't win it um but i i think if you want her to feel like a big deal i think you do maybe hot shot her from nxt now if i was doing it i would put her in nxt um, cause I think she could use some time to develop, but I think they want her to feel like a huge deal coming in. They probably paid her to feel like a huge deal coming in. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably the route they'll go. There is a breakout tournament happening right there. I thought it might've been Ulyssa Leones to win, but she's released by, by request. Yeah. I was going to say by, by request. So, um, Probably not the case, but she's gonna uh, don the mask of her father, go back to CMLL. She's gonna be she's gonna do whatever the hell she wants to do. Del Bronco? Is she Bronco's kid? Someone look it up for me, I forget. Um <laughs> another another bull that's not black tortoise, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jism sends a super chat saying, by the way, what the hell happened to the other two members of House of Black? Remember when Willow was getting a push? I am biased to her, though. Okay. Um, the other two members of House of Black. Okay. Well, one of them we know is currently in Australia with his fiance, uh, enjoying, in, enjoying that. Because I can tell you, if you do that flight and you're only there for a week, 
shit sucks. <laughs> okay. That is a 16 hour flight and you don't get that time back unless you're Hulk Hogan. Then you get it back going to Japan back and forth. And you can work 400 matches in one calendar year, brother. Um, that being said there. So that's where buddy is uh, in terms of Malachi. It does feel like they're waiting to reunite the trio and have them come back and just beat up everybody. And that's fine with me. But uh, Brody also just had surgery on his wrist. So that's going to take him out for a little while. Yeah, when you're a trio, you're kind of your dance partners factor into your own booking, right? So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity if you wanted to do like they were hinting at Malachi Black and Andrade for a really long time and then didn't do it. Um, I have very much an interest in seeing that but i was not mad to see andrade and jay white because that match ruled <laughs> what the hell happened by the way what what happened was there ever a plan and i gotta find out of having la faccion and gobernable come out and but who by the way have also disappeared from programming because Rouge had uh what's his face 10 uh press advance d- d- on the street or something in mexico but the original plan was like to jump andrade out of the of, of La Faccion and Gobernable and start something between Roosh and, and Andrade. But that hasn't happened. And we haven't seen Roosh. And then Roosh resigned. And then Roosh was like, CM Punk, I miss you. Come back. And now I'm sure everyone's just unsure of what to do. I think he's just crying, waiting for CM Punk to come back. It's really sad. Uh, I miss you. Oh, someone's CM Punk was like, I just left to go to the store. And he's just sitting there at home now. Just so sad. <laughs> Sad Andrade memes. Quart of milk and a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Wait a minute. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but that's that's the thing. You're you're kind of stuck because one member of your trio is hurt. Um, it's funny this is all CM Punk related in some way, but you don't have. A... He was truly though. He was a huge focal point of collision, right? Like he had feuds what? going on with so many people. So when he's lifted kind of resetting stuff and at the same time like we saw other storylines drop off we saw the awesome women's tag program that was being built drop off the willow Um, thing is a good point because willow was supposed to be in this whole chris statlander willow and mercedes martinez and diamante that all fell by the wayside and it shouldn't have no it was a really good program and i was very excited for it so um yeah it's it's i mean it's a probably a ramification of that, right? Like the guy that was running the program and was an active vital piece of it um, is now gone. So it's, it's picking up the pieces on so many different levels and reorganizing them. But collision was incredible yesterday. So um, I mean, Starks and Danielson, I mean, put Danielson back in the Zord ball, Joel. That's all I'm asking them to do. ZSJ is just like throwing shit at his TV for a solid 20 minutes. Let's <laughs> nullify him! I was <laughs> dead. <laughs> dead. I, man, it's one really fun thing about New Japan is like, I feel like TMDK has grown so much on his back. Like Shane Haste is so damn funny. And like when you get the promos that start with the stable and then peel away to one guy, it's so much fun because they're so silly. He's talking about Zor balls and mummifying him and then ending it saying like, if you think that's the state of Danielson when he wins over Okada with a broken arm, like wait till he loses to me. It's like such good stuff, but it is like insane. You see Danielson out there with his psycho knee, like wrapped in chain link and bleeding and 
just going absolutely insane. And I was like, Danielson loves to troll us. I remember he did like a an interview being like, one thing I really love about AEW is like the the storytelling is different than WWE. So you don't have to, he's like, I can go out there and do like a quick match and it's still a complete story. And then he did that interview like right before his one hour Broadway with Adam Page, like right before it being like this stage of my career, I want to do more frequent, shorter matches. He goes out and immediately does a one hour Broadway. So um, the word is that he's injury prone. He's going to go do a Texas death match right before one of the greatest technical wrestling matches of all time. God bless him. Guys, God it's bless fine. Him. I just won't use my left arm. We're okay. Everything's going to be fine as long as I don't use my left arm. <laughs> just bonkers. Just, just bonkers. And then I'm, you know, I'm a big workhorseman gal. So to see them versus FTR, I thought was really fun. I felt like they maximized their minutes and did great. Uh, just was, and Andrade versus Jay White. I mean, so let's get into this because it's the thumbnail. <laughs> we're, we're an hour and 16 and we'll pull the, per- let's pull the curtain back even further. About 10 minutes before the show, Kate sends me a DM. She's like, Hey, can we go an hour tonight? Cause I feel like we don't need to go to. And I'm like, yes, uh, I, I will I'll tell you all now last night, m- the person who got the best night's sleep in my house was my 18 month old child. <laughs> so that goes to show something's wrong, but um, let's, let's well, talk- I didn't think we were going to be talking about anti-Semitism and veganism for the first 25 minutes of the show. So <laughs> that's fair. Uh, are we giving Austin a nickname? Yeah. We call him the rattlesnake. Anyway, Tony Khan does a, does a, a, a VO on the wrestle dream segment, the, the, the promo. And he basically says, we're starting a new era in AEW. And some people were like, no, just it's the post CM Punk era. And I'm like, I don't think Punk was like, Punk was important to AEW, but not era defining. No, they're they're not going to give him that much credit right now. I don't think so either. Especially because he was very much in and out. Like in the grand scheme of things, he spent a lot of time on the injured reserve or out with other issues. He wasn't, you know, and I, some people get upset with me. I don't give a shit quite frankly, but like, he had his place in AEW. He did his thing, but at the end of the day, he was not era defining. That being said, what's what is this new era? Are we doing a new era, Kate, or is this just Tony Khan hyperbole? This is the best show we've ever done every single week, over and over again, until someone says it's true. I think there's a couple of possibilities here, and there's one that is just wishful thinking. <laughs> I'll start with that one because I think it's the most fun, but. Picking this up at the Antonio Noki tribute show, I'm wondering if there's going to be a more formalized relationship with New Japan in place because um, Will Ospreay's contract is coming up. And I think a lot of people really want him. And I think New Japan really wants him to stay. And I could very much see the way Will Ospreay has been wrestling, him wanting some sort of mixed contract. Uh He's still got a few months to go, but I'm wondering if there's more of a talent share situation. I'm also wondering if it's uh, a lot of people are saying it's the max era. That's the more likely thing that it is. Like maybe it's just the streaming announcement. Um, New Japan world already said that they're going to like redo their app and stuff. So I thought maybe it was also like a content share with New Japan. Uh, ROH watch ROH.com could certainly use a little more extra love over there but it seems like maybe new japan's just reskinning it but i i think it's probably just we're going to be moving to max at the beginning of 2024 um you're going to be getting more pay-per-views 
for less money, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's my guess as to what it is. Pie in the sky dream is that there would be more of a, a formalized talent share, which isn't that insane. When you think about like the fact that all the young lions go on excursion, right? Like young lions going to ROH could be a whole heck of a lot of fun, especially since the New Zealand uh, dojo just had some drama that they would like to sidestep. So <laughs> drama. What are you talking about? What are you, what are you, what are you, no, I'm just kidding. Let's not get it. Yeah, you can listen to the Pride Club on Fightful Overbooked for for that. Their last episode uh, tastefully went into detail on the the back end of that episode. Um, but I I think that that's that's my dream. But I'm just a big New Japan fan, so that that's a piece of it. But these major announcements tend to be more business side of things. And I certainly don't think they're expanding programming to another hour anywhere. So probably a streaming type deal would be my guess. What would you think of, and, and like put the, the ring of honor coverage behind you, like the, the you cover ring of honor stuff behind you, put that hat away. Uh, New Japan strong. They were talking about bringing that back and making it a weekly show again. How would you feel if it was a Ring of Honor New Japan LA Dojo connected event talent share? What if that was the talent share? Oh, I would I would love it. Uh he would definitely get a that's not a major announcement. That's thing. Christian Cage coming into AEW again. And look how that turned out. He's the greatest TNT champion of all That's time. Mark Two Henry. Time That's Mark Henry. Well, that was always going to be, there was going to be a segment of, if it's not CM Punk, it's not a big deal, people, uh, right. until Punk came back. Like, you, there was there's no way around that. I think Christian Cage is great, and I do think he's a Hall of Fame caliber wrestler. Um, and I think he's a great TNT champion proper. He beat the dinosaur. You were, had a dinosaur book that I asked you to read to me, which you're not doing. I left it in my uh, in my bedroom. My my wife's asleep. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'll tell you how that story ends with him losing. The dinosaur loses his TNT title to Christian. So. Well, yeah, that story. But the one that I have is uh, is looking right at you to tell you that we are through. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's a really... Sandra Boyd, she gets it right a lot of the time, but this was one time where I'm like, bitch, that's cold. Yeah, that's aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It's like the end of the show dinosaurs where they were like, the Ice Age killed them all. It's just like, oh, no, that was just accurate. <laughs> still, it was how they ended the series. I was like, damn. My kid's in this like dino, still, you know, dino. Oh, yeah, era. that rules for you. That's the best era. So he's, he wants all these like dinosaur stuff. Again, he's only 18 months old. So like, whatever we, so like we get a lot of, of books about dinosaurs and stuff. And one of them is like a, a second grade uh, poetry, like rhyming schemes with dinosaurs included. And the last, the last one is like the dinosaurs went extinct because they were just not, they didn't pay attention to their moms. They crossed their eyes a lot and they stuck their tongues out at each other. They rode their bikes without helmets and nothing about the giant comet that wiped them out. <laughs> wow. Accurate. They lost their moms. Speaking of Christian Cage. Yes, man. Christian Cage just rules. Let's get, we got a couple super chats here. <laughs> Vasco says AW ladder match for the custody of Will Ospreay. Yes. I wanted to end in a double count out. I want them in both. <laughs> hey, you know what? He's going to be an impact. His match against Mike Bailey is going to be fantastic. By the way, uh, I'm not going to do the spoilers here, but the uh, couple of Bound for Glory matches that were announced last night, that were that were made official last night at the tapings, going to make some people very happy. Put it like that. 
So uh, get, get excited for that. Promising Podcast sends us a couple of bucks and then says here's a dollar or two. You can always send those $2 together and send a message. You know that, right? Yeah, he wants the double credit, though. Like, I sent two donations. I spent two donations. Anyway, uh, Will Chisholm says, I love the Jay White match, but I hate the finish. I also hate the finish. They are awful people. Have you ever hung out with the fi- Actually, I like finished metal bands that I get to work with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like the finish to the match. I hate when WWE does it. Please, AEW, don't do it either. I agree. It's yeah, just- no, I agree with you. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, so there you go. I'm trying to clear these off the board. People keep sending us money, including for a wrestling podcast. So maybe you guys can help me with this little dilemma. So basically, I have this thing where I get older, but I never get wiser. Listen, this is how oh you get this literally. Is you, this is how you do it. Midnights become my afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds bad. Uh. <sighs> Go to the Kelsey show. When my depression hits, something, something, uh, all the people that ghost Jason BS3 says, it's down. very stop it. Stop it. I'm trying to read the super chats. It's very strange that Ring of Honor Tony Khan is doing so well in the Ring of Honor women's division than AEW Tony Khan in the AEW women's division. Listen, listen. It's true, first of all. But also, I think the driving forces involved with ring of honor are a little, uh, a little different than those in AEW, And that's okay. Cause that, that, that can change with some people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes. With more effort and care. And also, yeah, you're right. Maria Canellis is there in our, she was, um, I don't know how much input she has in current ring of honor, but she was the driving force behind the women's division in our before it shut down. There's a correlation. Not a causation there. I'm yep. just saying. Absolutely. Um, okay. We can probably start to wind things down. There's a, we, we did a lot of AW chat, and rightfully so, because Wrestle Dreams next weekend. <laughs> there's, a, there's a WWE PLE in like two weeks that has no matches officially announced because the one that was going to be officially announced this past week got cut from the board because the guy who was supposed to come in and save everybody is, uh, well, not allowed to come to the buildings because he has COVID, LA Knight does. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's positive? Yeah. Yeah. Did you test negative or yeah? <laughs> did you did you test negative? No, no. No. No, no. Test positive. Yeah. Let me test for you. Let me test you something. Anyway. Uh did I say I fast lane, not payback? They're the same. They're the same. Okay. They're the same. We they're call it pay lane or toll booth on Yeah, toll booth. Uh, <laughs> Alex said I do. Roadblock, end of the line break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, exactly. Uh, that being said, let's let, uh, the good stuff from SmackDown was really that uh, EO Sky and Oscar match. That was Ooh, cool. they beat oh. the hell out of each other, which we expected. And yeah, I, not that rules. No surprise there. They killed it. I was happy, and I was happy that Charlotte, by and large, kept out of it. But let's face it: if you want to make a women's championship match, we need Charlotte Flair, and we got her. I'm hoping they run it back with a stipulation to keep Charlotte and Bailey out. Like that could be a do a steel cage, whatever. Uh, but what a match. They, they beat the living crap out of each other. And I think a lot of people got to see, I feel like with EO, everyone's like, what an amazing moonsault. And I'm like, yes, she also does a lot of other things really amazingly well too. And we got to see those and we got to see Asuka in, in full force. Like this got 20 minutes. It was great. Um, made me very, very happy to see. 
very, very happy to see. Shark Cage? Should have mained when LA Knight got called out, but I, um, Sean said he tested positive right before the show, like right before the show. So they might have not had a lot of time to re engineer things, but. Oh, you, you come on. How many times have we seen the raw plans go out and then 10 minutes later, everything changes? Yeah, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's usually terrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, they could have they could have done. They could have moved it around and, and set it up. But then again, like you can't have John Cena get beat up and then not have that be your cliffhanger. That's a, yeah, that's the thing. Like you want to bookend the show with him. I get it. Yeah. So like it made sense the way they did it. It was just awkward, right? It was just it was strange because there was a lot of expectation of, you know, whether it was LA Knight or whether it was AJ Styles or whatever it was, like just someone would come and save them. But at least now we kind of build anticipation for next Friday. Not all bad. Someone asking where's Roman. He's enjoying life on the beach somewhere, having a ball and not watching the product. See you in November. You know what? And, and yeah, we'll see him. You'll see him early November. And then again, late November, the, the Jimmy thing to me, go come back come back kate come back um the jimmy thing to me and i know you covered this with uh with cardoza but it's I, I don't know why we're not discussing this more he's very clearly playing roman's own game and trying to get roman out because he's trying to gaslight roman by pretending he's the head of the table while roman's away and he's gonna try and get the next title shot like this to me is where the jimmy story is going he's infiltrating the bloodline he was already in the fucking bloodline, Joel. But then he left and he cut himself out. Like it was a whole He turned on Roman. He turned on his brother. It sucks. It I'm... sucks. It's weird. It's I wouldn't I'm not gonna say it sucks, but I do think that a lot of people are ignoring the way that he's acting and the way that he's reacting to me is he thinks he's getting a leg up on Roman. And Roman doesn't watch. Roman's not watching the product. Just like Kenny doesn't watch Dynamite, we got Paul Heyman just being like, call Roman Reigns, and that's getting obnoxious. Don't it get me wrong. It makes no sense. It does make sense. Let me leave a stable yep. to try and re-enter a stable. Makes no sense. Let me turn on my brother, who's been in my corner this entire time, so that I have no assistance or help in this outside of Solo Sokoa, who's loyal to Roman, makes no sense this is so stupid it's a betrayal of the best story that they've had in years maybe ever it is so bad let me infiltrate the thing i was already in with less help is a categorically stupid story listen i watched sammy callahan try to do that in impact and that was categorically much worse than what i'm seeing with the bloodline and that's, that's see you're not you're not helping your initial argument by well, being like well an impact Sammy <laughs> like that well, doesn't i'm trying, not bolsting you up and <laughs> this is a good idea story when it's reading that I'm making, I'm making myself feel better about this i understand listen i'm not going to tell you that this is great i'm not going to tell you that this is like the the best idea ever it's not like this is of all yeah, the bloodline stories that have been told this is of the weaker variety 100 percent. but for me the story has always been since jimmy came back that he's just trying to like take over himself maybe he's his idea is if i take over then everyone we oust roman and then i ruled as the tribal chief and i'm gonna do it in my vision and my vision is better than you know my my cousins there's no table left joel the table is plenty empty without Roman there at the head of it. 
the island of gaslighting. It, it, his it, brother's or, on a different show. It was his number one alliance. For they now. were the most successful tag team of all time. For now. He said, so your you're not bad story is I'm leaving a faction I'm already in. I'm going to get rid of the help that I have. And I'm going to try and get this guy who's loyal to the guy I'm trying to replace on my side? Say the last part again. <laughs> Solo Sokoa is loyal to Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman is loyal to Roman Reigns. He had Jey Uso. So he said, I am going to be the one to turn. I'm not going to use my brother as a pawn. I'm going to be the one to turn. I'm going to then turn on the only person who's actually loyal to me in this whole thing. And I'm going to try and persuade the guy while Roman's not around who's loyal to Roman to be on my side, even though I already had help. This makes no so what sense. It was, what it was, was Jimmy coming back to Jay and saying, I didn't, and at the time I didn't like this either, saying, I don't want you to be like Roman. And that's what I thought you would be if you won the match. That I was like, that's dog shit. But now as it plays out, Jimmy is trying to do that and become head of the table and coax out Roman as a way to basically do it in his own vision. And the idea of kicking out the tribal chief, becoming the guy, and therefore everyone comes back and they're happy. There's no justification for I turned on the only person that's actually loyal to me in this whole picture. There is Hold on. We did this. Hold on. I'm cutting you off here for this one. We, I'll do it. I'll do it. Shocker. I know. I'll do it to the ends of the earth. Remember when we got to WrestleMania season and you were like the Sammy KO stuff. I don't like it's tag team, blah, blah, blah. And I sat there and we were talking about how brothers fight, but then they always make up. We're doing the same story. It's brothers fight, but brothers make up. They will inevitably make up over time. But, they didn't have to but, fight in the first place on did. this. They did fight in the first place. They're, oh, brother. They're this is the lamest justification I have ever heard. Turned Jimmy actively turned on Jay, who's the only person that's loyal to him. If you are a mastermind at gaslighting, you don't turn on the one person who supports you. You manipulate the other people around you. He's the worst gaslighter in the history of the world. And he doesn't deserve to be head of the table he's if he doing, sucks at it this hard. He's doing the one thing that Roman doesn't want people to do, and that is make decisions for him. And he's doing that. He's making decisions for the bloodline. He's no. trying to get Roman out so that he can get Roman to be like, oh, you think you're big man, huh? You think you're the man. Well, how about I fight you for this title? And Jimmy will be like, great, let's do it. This and is the lose. most ass-backwards way of doing this that you could possibly have taken. It makes no sense to leave a stable that you're trying to take over only to come back and to do so with less support. It makes no sense. Maybe There's he nothing to support. buy into. There is support. If Jimmy starts racking up wins somehow with or without solo, just gets everyone on his side. Be like, Hey, we're winning. We're your your we're default winning. position as Jimmy Uso is I'm leaving the stable that I want to take over. And I'm going to turn on the person who actually has loyal to me to go up against the head of the table and his his minion, which is an insult to Athena at this point, but Solo Sokoa, whose loyalty is to Roman. 
it no no it's it makes no sense from the default position there's not like a good way out of this it, you know it, it is completely can change, right in stories yeah but they should be justified changes this makes no sense what if it's solo is changing as well i've been saying for a long time that royal rumble match could have been solo versus roman it could have been but solo should turn on roman then He's if if the whole idea is like this is a mental game, it's the worst played mental game ever. It's terrible. My brother and the only person that actually had a loyalty to me is the person that I abandoned to go up against two unstoppable forces with less health after I turned on them while I could have infiltrated from actually being there. No, caca, not good. It's just your opinion. Thank yeah, God. my opinion is justified. No, it's not. Your opinion is your opinion. It's not justified. I There was substantial criticism on what I said. You're just saying, what if they all change their minds? That's yeah, what if they change their mind? People become shitty people all the time. People change their views all the time. But you're saying this has been the long game. I never said it was a long game with Jimmy. I said this is what Jimmy's doing right now to try oh. and coax out Roman. Barf. Since he came back, that's been his entire MO. Look since, at him this past since week. Since he came he spent back, the entirety of SmackDown being he's been, the head of the table, being the guy making the decision, saying, let's do sure. it. He's, he's a fucking idiot. Then. He's being a fraud to get his cousin back out. He's he is an absolute moron. If he said, I've decided to try and take over and I'm gonna do it without the help of anybody, even though I had the help readily available. And that I've hated this guy, but suddenly I want everything he has. Now. It makes no sense. It's terrible. No. He thinks he's going to clear everything up if he becomes head of the table. And watch this. That's going to be the story. So let me become head of the table by having less support. No, no the idea support. is that he wins the title and then he reunites his family. That's that's the Jimmy. Well, buddy, the Rock is back, so that shit ain't Rock happening. Ain't Rock showed up for a night just to say "fuck you," Austin Theory. That's all that happened there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no way. he showed up to, to take John Cena under his wing for that tag match. Huh? You also said that he did an interview as a diversion yeah, from and corporate it, cuts. And then we got talent cuts a week later. Yeah, no. we did. And The Rock didn't show up. So clearly it was a And the rock. show. And the show. I'm done. No heads hurt. <laughs> trying to follow the bloodline. See? Because it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> no, y'all are just, y'all are too busy trying to make sense of nothing. Okay. It's wrestling. Yeah, exactly. It's nonsensical. That's the way it is. So what's the point of it then? I don't know. We got to stop watching wrestling. It fucking sucks. <laughs> We're not here next week. So what is hey, it? I got a theory. The storyline stinks. You can follow Kate at Robert O'Neill 31 <laughs> on Twitter. I wish. I wish no, I had that don't. guy's bits. I wish I had. <laughs> No, you don't. He's got some great bits. Oh, God. They're all stolen from someone else in the sports world. I'm sure of it. No one's original in the wrestling Twitter world. I'm very original. No one ever made a 69 joke before me. See, exactly. Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's me. Hi. He is the problem. It's him. No, that's Marina Shafir. <laughs> Not anymore. She got to throw her socks at people at the ring. That's that's a problem. <laughs> at least Eddie Kingston finished his story. That's right. Uh, for the record yes this is kind of what it is alex like i'm not saying that it's a good thing it's just the story 
as it's playing out. Yeah, and I'm saying it's a shitty story. Yeah, that's why. I'll basically, basically, you're saying he's like, "What have I become?" Now that I've betrayed now, it. these millennials, everyone I've ever loved to no, push hey, them hey, all away. Hey, these millennials were not allowed to sing these songs. Remember secondhand embarrassment and cringe and other terms. You know what the cringiest thing in the world is? Giving Our a show? crap. No, we're great. Um, we booked Mike Mizanin for the G1 before anybody else did. Um, giving a crap if anybody puts up a video singing jericho's theme positively or negatively if you assign any emotional weight to that you're a dork so there's that sammy guevara is also a close second no i actually like this i feel like don Callis is actually the perfect alignment for him don't I, i actually think that's a really good move don't Mel Mel Coleman's gonna come back in the chat. Oh, don't get me started on that Mel Coleman. She used to be such a nice girl. She still is. She's no, still- she's not. She's mean. She's a bad girl. She put on dark lipstick. That's how I know she's bad now. <laughs> NXT taught me that if you put on dark lipstick, <laughs> you're it. a bad girl. I did this bit and so of course she's back. <laughs> Say her name and she appears. I believe in Mel Coleman. <laughs> oh, let's talk about that. Joy- I booked myself into needing this now. I need Rick Boogs to show up in Impact as Joe Hendry's heavy and where the claps are in his theme, he just plays two guitar chords. That's <laughs> one cool. guitar chord twice. This is coming from the same woman who just tried to tell me that what I'm saying about Jimmy Uso is bad. That's worse. No, that's great. Are you kidding? No. Mel's been here. I believe in Joe Hendry. Oh, it's perfect. (laughs) It's fine. Knowing knowing what I know from the uh, from the tapings, they dealt with Yuya's exit very well. I was so sad that he got fired and did not feast. It's okay. He's gonna go back to Japan. He's going to hang out with his dad, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to show his son, Yuya Yamura Tanahashi, the ins and outs of the professional wrestling world, thus beginning a new era for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's there it is. Say- There's the big announcement. It's an impact announcement. <laughs> Tanahashi comes out. He's not even on the damn card. <laughs> Tanahashi is more Tana. impact that weekend than he is AEW. <laughs> I love Tana. God bless. Oh my goodness. My idea is at least fun. Thank you for wrestling podcast. Yeah, she's got okay ideas, I guess. You know, Alex Pulaski and I have never done a show together, and there's probably a good reason for that. I that would either be the best or the worst, and I can't decide. I mean, you know what I actually really want? Alex and Cresta is the slept on combo that I think would be incredible. I don't know who could follow whom in this case. It would just be pandemonium, and I would love. Did you watch Cresta on Grapsity? I didn't yet. I'm going to. <laughs> oh, go. I listened to it. I was out and I was like, this is too much even for me. <laughs> it was so good. She like, whenever we hand off the ROH stream to you guys, because you're there and that's cool. But yeah. she just, she's just the best. Like she's just, I feel like she knows how to lean positively, but in the perfect way for Pulowski. Like I feel like she's just such a fucking hoot. <laughs> But just get her on get her on one episode of Sour Grabs, just one. Oh, 
<laughs> She's the best. <laughs> I felt it in my <laughs> I was supposed to meet her at Grand Slam, but then her phone was dying. And then she left early because her phone was dying. How dare yeah. you? It's very upsetting. She's the best. She is. Okay. We should probably uh should probably wrap it up. We said we do a tight hour, and here we are an hour 45 later. That is correct. <laughs> tight, tight 75, tight, what tight. is that? Tight 90. <laughs> Tight 95, tight 105. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Knew you were going to get there. I'm not I exactly am, a mathematician, but I, I was like, mm, that's not I, how time works. I am a mathematician. <laughs> I am a... Nope. Nope. <laughs> I suck at math. Same. And not even like in a fun way. I'm just bad at it. Anyway, leave a, leave a, damn, leave a damn thumbs up and leave a comment here. Tell us, do you want do you want us to do YouTube membership? Well, we got a, we had a tight sixty nine watching at the beginning of the show. Hey-o. Anyway, yeah, leave a comment. Tell us if you want us to uh, to open up YouTube memberships and what kind of content you want us to do here on Overbook because I want your support. I want and, your support, but none of your input. Just give us money for what we're already doing. Thank you. Fair. Let's do that. More shake weights <laughs> for all. Uh, Kate, tell them where to find you and where to go. Hey, you can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on the Twitter and X, whatever it is, and also on TikTok there and Kstagrams on Instagram. And you can find me on the Mark Order podcast every Wednesday here on Sundays and Fightful Select every Monday and then Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on the Fightful main YouTube channel. If you don't like me, it's going to be hard for you to be on Fightful properties because i'm here a lot bitch everywhere i really am she's just i don't understand it i don't either to be honest i just ride the wave <laughs> that's all i got this channel <laughs> anyway i'm actual pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-a-r-l uh go ahead like i said leave a thumbs up on the way out and subscribe to us here on the channel we are uh we're gonna do stuff how's that we're gonna do some stuff you can find me here and you can find me uh not tomorrow on in the weeds because sp3 is gonna fill in for me with jeremy lambert they're gonna take on the show tomorrow and then uh i'll be back wednesday and friday because i always am along with thursdays on the main doing the post impact show with the wonderful cresta the star so go ahead uh until then ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Support Neck Health. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.